to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. everybody. We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to episode 30 of the Life Lessons podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? Anything new going on with you? I am doing fairly well. That's good. Jen and I went to record last week and we couldn't because one, I was sick and very phlegmy. And Jen Jen had internet issues. Oh, my internet. (laughs) I got to have good internet. <laughs> I was actually kind of not sad when her internet went out. I was like, you well, know, good. we could just wait and do this next week when I can like talk. That's better. So I'm feeling much better. My allergies got the best of me. and Oh, goodness. So I'll be so glad when it's full on summer and the oh, I love summer. stuff is yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I agree. I'm ready too. I love summer. As you know, they're still working in my backyard. So I just want to go outside and be like summer by the pool. But right now I have like a pool that's not hooked up and it's full of her- terrible water. Because Desney is not even hooked up, like I said. So, And the rest of my backyard looks so bad. Yeah. I had a little moment this morning. I was looking at my Facebook memories. And two years ago today, I was leaving work at 7 o'clock in the morning to drive to your house. <gasps> So we could go to the beach. And I was like, oh, I wish we were going to the beach today. Two years ago today? Yeah. That was when Ellie got hit by a car. Yep. That was it that was. trip. It ended yep. up being an awful trip. Well, it was a good trip except for that. <laughs> it was a good trip before that happened. <laughs> My sweet anyway. Ellie. She's, now she's a sassy kitty with no tail after that yeah. accident. And she's my sweetie. Anyway, she's a good kitty. All right. Well, today we have a customer service shout out uh, from a baseball mom named Dina. And she wrote and said, today I went to Home Depot to look at finished wood to complete a project for our Windsor High School baseball seniors. Another underclassman's mom and I are spearheading the project. I have a small SUV, so a large piece of wood would definitely not fit in my car. Besides that, I don't have a way to cut that large of a piece of lumber. The store will make two cuts for free, but they only cut them to a certain size. I needed 13 17-inch squares to make home plate signs for all the seniors. We decided two sheets of plywood cut vertically would fit in my car. After Peter at Home Depot cut the strips, he asked me again, is this for a school? I told him again what it was for. He then told me he would go ahead and cut them into the 17-inch squares I needed at no charge. I was so grateful. They were so much easier to handle, and now all I have to do is cut the bottom corners off to make them into a home plate. Peter went out of his way to help out a semi-handy mom and make our project less daunting. So I'd like to give a shout out to Peter at Home Depot in Windsor, California. That is awesome. It is awesome. People really want to help. I like I believe it. You know, my years in the classroom as a teacher, 
kids want to help, adults want to help, people want to help each other. So that was great of Peter to to help her do that. Mm-hmm. So listeners, we need your stories. You may be thinking, oh, my story is not anything special. We want to hear your story. I promise it is something special. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. Before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that helps make it possible for us to bring you the podcast. By now, you know that Jen and I love our beauty counter products. The list of reasons is endless. And as I navigate perimenopause, I want to introduce as few endocrine disruptors to my system as possible. I know that when I reach for a beauty counter product that I am achieving that goal. With their never list of ingredients that have been proven or are suspected to be harmful, I know that they have done the homework for me. While I know that I come across things in my daily life that are not ideal, at least I know I'm reducing my exposure to these items with the things I can control. I'm a fan of the entire counter timeline. I love the charcoal bar soap and the charcoal mask, and I've recently fallen in love with their lip gloss. I am super picky about lip balm and lip glosses as many brands irritate my lips and make them red and raw. I do not have any trouble with the Beauty Counter's lip glosses. They are smooth and hydrating, not sticky. So if you'd like to learn more about any of their products, visit beautycounter.com forward slash Sherry Bullock or go to the shop with us tab at lifelessonscommunity.com. All right. Now you've actually just inspired me to try them because I am like you. I, I don't like anything sticky on my lips. Oh, yeah. Like I only wear lip balm. Like it, that's it. See, like that Burt's Bees lip balm that you use, I can't mm-hmm. use. See, that's what I use like all the time. That's it. And like Mineral Fusion had a lip balm. I can't yeah. use it. Yeah, well, I would like to use lip gloss, but it just, it always is so sticky. And I feel like my lips are like, here's my lips. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think I have some beauty counter lip gloss. I just didn't use it. I haven't ever ever put it on my lips. Yeah. It's more like, I don't know how to describe it. It's more smooth, like, um, okay. I don't want to say an oil because it's not oily, but it's got that smooth texture. It doesn't have that goopiness. Exactly. Well, I'm going to try it. We'll see. And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. As many of you know, Jen and I have a passion for living our best lives and helping others learn what it means to live their best lives. This week, we are going to talk with Bet Lucas about what it means to live a big, bold life. Bet is a full-time career woman who is also a wife, mom of six, host of the Living Your Big, Bold Life podcast, and overall inspirational woman. Welcome, Bet. We are so glad you are with us today. Oh, it's such an honor to be here with two of my favorite people. And like we said before we got started, I just wish we were recording in person. I know. That would be fun. Oh, I I would love that. That's what this recording makes actually me miss you more. I'm like, oh, it'd be really nice to just be together in a coffee shop or a wine bar. We've never been face to face together in this breathing the same oxygen, though, have we? We've never met in person. No. But I feel like I know you. Just like before I actually met Sherry in person, I already knew that I knew her. (laughs) <laughs> oh, there's those people, though. There are. And I, you just know you're kind of feel that connection towards them. And so and the connections are real because I've never been wrong about thinking that I really, really, really liked somebody and then met them and then didn't really like them. So, well, that to me is so much for me. Like, 
that is what being bold is and what we're talking about today is that when you you have those gut feelings, you have that, what I like to call your heart's voice. Right. When people listen to it, we're rarely wrong. We really, and when it comes For to sure. people, you know, it's interesting. It's when we don't listen to it that usually we kind of make a mistake and mistakes are okay or we, or we missed it. But that to me is is so oftentimes when I'm listening to my gut, when I'm listening to my heart, it's like this person and I connect or or this next step feels right. And so, you know, it's so funny you say that. I work in a setting with many women who in my field tend to be strong-willed women. Mm-hmm. You know, they all think they're right. And so many times, you know, something will happen and I'll be like, no, 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 this isn't, I'm not going to do this. this. I don't like the way this feels. I mean, it could be as simple as I don't like this IV. I'm not going to use it. Well, and they're like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Use it. Use it. I'm not starting another one. Da, 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 da. And then guess what? The IV is not fine. Can I give you some science behind that? And then I'm filling out an incident report and I'm like, I should have listened to right? my gut. And so now I like really dig in my heels and it's like, I'm not being difficult, but I know I've done this for almost 30 years. Like, I have that sense, I know. And when you don't trust it, that's when things go off the rails. Can I share some science about that? We love science, yes. Have you ever read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, The Power of Thinking Without Thinking? Not that one. I like his other books. I do too. I like Malcolm Gladwell. You got to get this one. I first listened to this on audiobook. Like, I don't know. It came out. I'm not sure what year it came out. Oh, 2005. So it was probably not long after it came out. But it is fascinating. And it explains our intuition. It explains what it is scientifically as far as it is our subconscious mind. Like he tells the story, for example, of people playing a card game that was like a rigged card game. And so it was impossible to win it or whatever. I can't remember the exact details. But as people were playing, they subtly started changing their behavior before they realized consciously, their subconscious figured out it was rigged. And they started changing their behavior in their subconscious because they already had figured it out. Like our, our brains are these, you know, powerful computers that are always judging what's around us and figuring things out. So Sherry, when you look at that equipment that you know, there's some, your conscious mind doesn't know, but your subconscious has already figured out what's wrong with it. We do that with people as well. Uh And often we, we should listen, you know, we're trained to be polite and whatever. But if your subconscious is sending you a message of that person is not to be trusted, you know, that person (laughs) on the street in the elevator, don't get in the elevator, right? Your subconscious is figuring something out. And so we need to listen to that. But it's a very good book, Blink, The Power of Thinking Without Thinking. And he, he goes into all the science. What I love about Malcolm Gladwell is he tells so many interesting stories. He does. He has such a way of of kind of making it relatable too. I mean, Jen, you have that gift. And I think I that you. you kind of bring it back, bring the science back, bring the data back. And he tells those stories so well. But, you know, kids have that ability so well. They, you know, a kid at a very young age can kind of know something's not right. Right. And then it's like we kind of forget that for a while. It's just, that's interesting. I don't know if we forget it. We teach them to ignore it. Yeah. We teach them to go along, play along, be a good little girl, be a good boy. We teach them that. And then they they stop to stop trusting. Don't make waves. Right. Yeah. So tell us what it's like to be a mom of six and living a bold life. Tell us some things about you. We know a lot about you, but our audience may not. Sure. So I am, I turned 40 this year. 
40 years old. My oldest is 11. My youngest is six months. So 2020 was a big year actually for oh, us. Yes. In a lot of ways, we we welcomed our sixth little one. We have five girls, one boy. My boy is not the sixth. A lot of people assumed we were trying for a boy. And I'm like, no, like... I we actually, have one. We have one. No, I just really <laughs> enjoy these crazy kids. And um, it's interesting because a lot of my path does look like the word bold, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of it looks like it. Oh, well, you have a big family. And I do have a fairly big career. And I love my podcast. And I have a lot of passions. But it's interesting because I, both my husband and I never thought we were going to have six kids, never thought that this was our path, but it is. And what I started to realize in my, especially at my work, was that I'm definitely in a, a mostly male industry. And I was noticing that it could be kind of isolating to be growing a family and to be trying to grow your career. So I I feel like that word bold came up a lot to me. Like I, I often have to be bold, not because I feel like people are being unkind to me or because I feel like I'm a victim. It's more that most of the people I work with do not understand my world at all. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. most of them who I work with have someone who stays at home. And that is great. I completely, maybe I'll stay at home someday. Who knows? But what I notice is, is my world is so different from their world that not only am I a female with working with mostly men, I'm also a female that has a lot of children. And I'm a female that they have no one, maybe many people in their life that that are similar to me. So A lot of my career, a lot of my kind of as my family has grown, has had to make me become more and more bold and comfortable with who I am and what I am called to be. And what I've noticed is, is as I've gained that confidence, as I've gained that, more and more people come to me and go, but I just really needed that. And they may be single. They may be, they may have nothing in common with me, but it's kind of what I've noticed is the more we all can kind of come to terms with the path that we were called to live and be bold enough to live it in a confident manner, the more it can inspire others. And so that's really what I'm about and why I'm so passionate about it, because I know it can be lonely out there. I know it can be lonely no matter who you are and what you're doing. And I really want to inspire others that you are living a beautiful, bold path. And maybe the more confident I am in mine, even though it's very imperfect, that maybe it can help you be more confident in yours and help you listen to that heart's voice. So that's really, my, my husband and I live in Gig Harbor, Washington. I love Gig Harbor. Oh, I do too. It's so gorgeous. It it really is. It's kind of a smaller town feel. I grew up in a very small town, so it's a it's a perfect fit for me. Yeah. And us, but that's a little bit about, you know, my journey. You use the word bold, and I feel like that could be interpreted a million different ways. Like 
your bold and my bold might be different. So, and Jen's bold might be completely different. Yes. So for you, what what does living boldly look like? How, like, like what actions or what attitude do you, you know, convey to the world that makes you a bold woman? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think totally. And that is why I also love the word bold is because it can be so many things to so many different people. But it's also, you can't just take it as face value because you could say, well, bold's just being brash, right? It's being loud. It's being obnoxious. And to me, bold is being brave to be who you were called to be, to be who you you know you are. We, we can't change most of what we are. Yes, we can try to be better people. We can try to work on, on our weaknesses. We can try to get our health back. You know, we can try to prioritize those things. Sure, we can take steps. But bottom line, there are things that are uniquely gin. They are uniquely right. sherry. They are uniquely bet. They are uniquely all your listeners. Mm-hmm. And to me, the word bold is saying, I'm not going to feel guilty. I'm not going to feel bad about how I was made and who I was called to be. And I'm going to, instead of stepping, sidestepping that, I'm going to step into it. You're not going to try to put yourself in a box and be that good little girl that's quiet and sitting passively. And also, you're taking the stigma away from being a bold woman. Like you said, I feel really grateful to be who I am. And also right now in this period of time, I think if you go back, you know, decades, women were really not taken the way that we are. We're more free to be who we are now, if that makes sense. For sure. You know, I'll put Jen on the spot. What does living bold mean to you, Jen? Well, I've always lived boldly. (laughs) 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 Even when I was younger and I was, you know, I've, Sherry, we've had this conversation before. Sometimes when you live, you know, with exuberance, as Uh I do, and boldly, people can think you're too much. Right. Mm-hmm. And and being able to understand, no, I'm not too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am who I am. And I'm not going to be able to be someone else. You know, when you were talking about it, I was thinking about you know, you're a mom of six. I'm a mom of two. And our kids are born who they are. Each one of your six is who they are. Yes. You know, I was telling someone you know, just yesterday, I was talking about my two kids, and they could not be more different from each other. Correct. They were raised in the same house, and and you have to learn to work with strengths. Like for each of us, the three of us women, we all have strengths, and we all have weaknesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, just to make a long story short, it's just a matter of embracing who you are at your core and learning how to embrace Eunice with as your strengths. To me, it's authentic living. Yes, it is authentic living. It's living authentically. Right. It's not making yourself smaller. It's not hiding who you are. It's just being true to yourself and um, owning. I mean, exactly. That being said, though, I you you can learn that you may need. Like for me, I talked about how. I've always been very like full of life, full of energy. I found out years after being at a school that when I first came there, I was a little off-putting to my coworkers because I came in with full of ideas and full of enthusiasm, and they're like, "Whoa, Nelly!" You know, you know? <laughs> like, ah. and after I'd been there, I, I taught at that school for five years. But after I'd been there for maybe three or four years, we were at lunch one day, and they said, "Can we just be honest with you? When you first came, we were like, what in the world?' We're because I was like, you know, coming in zero to sixty, and <laughs> 
<laughs> one one minute. And that taught me that sometimes you do need to kind of get to know people first before you blast them with all that you've got. And it it it's not me putting myself in a box or, or diminishing myself, but it's understanding that you could be authentic, but also understand how you're, you are. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you can, I think it's really important to be assessing, you know, right. you just, you know, assessing yourself in those situations. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people think that boldness just is speaking your mind or is, is being loud. But like we were talking about, it's being authentic. So maybe you're boldly a quiet person. Maybe you're boldly faithful. Maybe you're boldly humble. You know, there are a lot of people that we will attribute that that word bold to. But, you know, a lot of what you're referencing is that our strengths can be our weaknesses and our weaknesses can be our strength. That's what I was trying to get across is that... I think that's why you're going. Yes. It's a strength of mine that I'm I'm bold and opinionated and have lots of ideas, but it can also be a weakness when I come in, you know, not paying attention to my surroundings. And I've had to learn as I've gotten older. So when I started my next new teaching job after that one at the school where I ended up retiring, I came in very differently. I still had my big ideas, but I sat back and, and suggested them in maybe a different way. You slowed your roll. <laughs> I slowed my roll. Slowed That's, your it. Roll. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I was still just as bold and just as willing to speak up with my ideas, but not quite so, you know. (laughs) Something I see with women, I see it in, I mean, all of the Facebook groups that I've been active with over the years, your groups, um, our Life Lessons Facebook group. I think a lot of women through the years, and I say women, mainly because I don't think a man would ever really come out publicly and admit this. (laughs) because men are trained to always be strong. But I feel like a lot of women over the years, they were a bold person at one point in their life, and that got squashed. Somewhere along the line, that got squashed. They were told they were too much. They maybe were told that they were too, too, too loud or too inquisitive or, you know, whatever it was. And they, they started to shrink. They started to try to be less. And so you talk about living your big, bold life. To me, I like, I picture like a a caterpillar and emerging into a butterfly. Like it's a learning, you know, you start out here and you take steps to acknowledge who you are and little bit at a time, you start to emerge and you let your true self come back out. I love that so much. I just think what a there's not a better way to put it and what I want for everybody. I want them to feel beautiful and bold in who they are because we are our unique butterfly with all our unique colors and shapes and and designs and and that's something that you know I do it on a trivial level too. You know, I'll tell people try to wear your hair curly a little bit more often. Try to wear a little bit more color. If and if that's what you want. Now, if you love right. neutrals and you love black and white, great. But I've always loved color and I've always loved a little like hats and a little, you know, zest. And I would kind of quiet that. And it's been really, really exciting for me to say, no, I'm going to wear a hat to work on Friday. Why can't I wear a hat on to work on Friday? Exactly. Yeah, I love like your Instagram, and you're always encouraging people to little to take up space. Yes, right. It's okay to take up space. It's okay to be seen. 
it's okay to be wacky. I mean, I had the craziest leggings on the other day. And I mean, I love they that. were crazy. And my and and a lady came to sign papers. I refinanced my house and a lady came to sign papers and my husband was just like, "Are you wearing that?" I'm like, "I sure am." It's funny because I go to this workout class and I almost make it my job to, and I'm really not trying to ham it up, but everyone's wearing black pants, like everybody. And I'm like, people, let's throw some color in here, you know? And so I come in with my peach pants and I have these peach pants. It's funny. My husband calls them the naked pants because Uh he says uh from too far away it looks like i'm naked and he doesn't like him actually he's like why are you wearing the naked pants stop being naked in your exercise class (laughs) i'm like well it's women only they're fine and he laughs and so yeah they're my naked pants i do remember when nude leggings were quite popular and i'm like don't wear nude leggings I'd be at the store and have to do a double take. I'm like, what? Yeah. What did I just? Or at see? least don't wear them as pants. You know how people are like, don't wear leggings as pants. Please don't wear nude leggings as pants. <laughs> um, your leggings are pants now. Sorry, they are, but nude leggings are not nude pants. Leggings. So that, but that's a good one. I mean, that to me. Okay, I have a question for you too. So, okay, bold. How do you guys handle? Like, how do you have to be bold when it comes to criticism? Because to me, that's it's another hard. topic. That's a hard one, right? And that's another one where sometimes when we don't feel understood or when we feel like we're trying to be ourselves, but we're being criticized, right? that's one where I really think we have to be bold, right? Because- Have you ever read Glennon Doyle, any of Glennon Doyle's work? I have. I have. There was a blog post of hers that I read years and years ago. And it, I think it was it was after I wrote Delay, Don't Deny. And at first, I used to read all of my reviews, all of them. And the negative ones would really hurt my feelings. Yeah, You know, we could have, you know, a thousand five-star reviews, but those five one-star reviews that talk about what an idiot you are, right? Mm-hmm. You know, really like make you think, oh, maybe I'm an idiot and I just don't know it, right? You start to believe it. So Glennon was was talking to someone in the, her blog post. It was like an artist who had, like she would go and when anyone would, would put up a critique, she would reply to it, mm-hmm. right? She would reply to the critique and try to explain the art. And Glennon said, that is not our job. And you know, we all put content into the world, all three of us. She said, you know, that is our art, right? She said, it is not our job to put our art out into the world and then follow it around and babysit it. We put the art out. We put our heart and soul into it. And then that's all we can do. And so we we should not feel the need to follow it around and babysit it because you cannot shape yourself into somebody else. You can't be somebody else, you know. And they're always, I mean, literally, no matter what you say or do, someone is going to criticize it. Anything, no matter what. I mean, I've learned that. with That's one reason I love Facebook. But with all the years I've been on social media, there is not one action you can do, not one, that is going to please 100% Mm -hmm. of the people. And so you've got to just stop following your art around and trying to defend it. Because the people who love your art, your podcast, the book you write, whatever you do, The people who love it will find it and love it. And the people who don't can go find the thing they love and it isn't you. Right. And that is okay. I texted texted Jen a couple weeks ago. The episode of this podcast that came out today, it's called Vacation, Hidden Vacation Gems. 
I was listening to the, the edit version that came back from editing. And I was, you know, on my rebounder listening. And I was laughing so hard because Jen and I are such <laughs> dorks in this episode because we can't pronounce any of the names of these places people are telling us that people should visit, you know? And when I was just laughing and laughing and I texted her and I said, you know, it's a good thing we don't take ourselves too seriously mm-hmm. because we would be like, oh, we have to re-record that. But no, we just set it loose into the world. And yeah. you know, the people who know us and know that you know, I'm a dork. I fall down walking across the crosswalk. Right. They're going to embrace it and they're going to laugh with us. And the people who are like, oh my gosh, these two are unprofessional nitwits, they're going to go on down the road and that's fine. We're not for everybody. And again, it's that authenticity. I'm not trying to be Dr. Rhonda Patrick, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) I'm not trying to be, you know, whoever. I'm trying, I'm Jen Stevens. You can like me or you cannot like me and that's okay. So I, I think that it, what you were saying so well is I love this quote, and it's to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. And I, right. I think for me, that's just a reminder of exactly what you said. If we do nothing, sure, we will avoid all criticism. Exactly. If we never put our art out in the world, if we never exactly. show up, yep, we'll avoid criticism. But that is not... That's not living authentically. And, and exactly. we're, we're going to be criticized. And, you know, I'm reminded of a girl. So I'm not going to name her name. But in high school, she was so she was so mean to me. And, and right. I she would find any reason to be unkind. And I was so confused because I never did anything to her. And yet she just had it out for me in a lot of ways. But my mom would always remind me that it was never about me right? and that it was about her and that she's probably hurting. And I, I, that's when, when I can say, if someone's critical of me, if I can say they are likely hurting, they are likely something, whether come to find out she was growing up in a verbally abusive household, you know, she was dealing with a lot of stuff. And you know, what's interesting now is that I think, you know, she's a mom now. She's really come into her own. And I bet, you know what? I bet we'd be friends today. I I bet so. I bet we would. And I guess the more we can approach critics as just the, 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 another quote that I remember is they're admirers with a different way of showing it. I think then we can kind of separate ourselves from that. And because I've noticed the more, the more, content I am with my life, the happier I am, the less likely I'm going to criticize, right? It's true. That's You're right. Oh, and don't get me wrong. I don't go reading the reviews. <laughs> I do not read. I don't Good. read the one-star reviews anymore because, you know, I, I know that, you know, the work I'm doing, y'all know the work you're doing is, is helping people that need it. And yes. it isn't going to help every person. No. So I'm not going to try. And I, and, and you can start getting into this, you know, you, you lose who you are because you're trying to please everyone. And instead, then you please nobody. And then you're doing nothing good. I went through a period of life. I had a transformation right around my 30th birthday. I was desperately unhappy in my life. I was trying to be the mother that my mother thought I should be. I was trying to be the wife that my husband thought I should be. I was trying to be the you know, the mom that society said I should be. So I'm a working mom and I'm going to PTA meetings and I'm going to Boy Scouts and I'm doing Girl Scouts and I'm doing all this. And 
I was not fulfilled. I was wearing the khaki pants and the sweater set. And I'm like, this is not me. I can't imagine you in khaki pants and a sweater set. I mean, do you remember when that was the style? Yeah. 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 And I'm like, why am I dressed like this? This is not me. And one day I actually, I was in Virginia beach and I went to this little shop and there was a hat on the wall that said, be as you are. And I'm a hat girl. I'm a ball cap girl. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love that cap. Well, I started talking to a woman in the store and her name was Robbie. And we just connected and we just kept talking. And and while I was there, I kept going back to talk to her. And I was talking to her about my life and how just unhappy I was and this and that. And she said, you get one life. Just be as you are. Be you. Be true to yourself. And I bought that hat and I wore it. And that was like... That was when my transformation started. And out went the khaki pants. And, you know, I bought a motorcycle and I started wearing leather and denim. And (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, and I just transformed. And you know what? People couldn't handle that. But that's who I was. And that is where, like, my true self began. I love that. I do, too. And I love that you point out kind of the PTA thing because there's a lot of moms out there that, are trying to do what they think a good mom does. And a good mom is just doing momming the way you do it. And I had to release that. You know, I, you guys, I stink at meal trains. And after many debacled meal trains, (laughs) deliveries, and like, it was just horrible. And I'm like not cooking for my family that night. And yet I'm racing a meal to somebody else. And I'm late. Anyways, long story short, The more we can just say, you know what, I have other gifts. I have other things to focus on. This is not, you know, maybe you love volunteering at school field trips. Maybe you hate it. Like you absolutely hate it. You know what? I bet that school could use your gifts elsewhere. 100%. As a teacher, I can tell you, don't try to volunteer in a way that isn't true to you. You're not, if if you hate volunteering at school field trips, you're not going to be a good Field trip no. chaperone. No. And we trust me at my school we had more than enough people volunteering for those. <laughs> See, stay home. Stay home. I <laughs> took my love for volunteering. It's not that I don't like to volunteer. I don't want to be trapped in a school. I don't want to be trapped right. anywhere. Right. I took my volunteering on my motorcycle and I worked with bikers against child abuse. And we went and we rode for kids that were abused and we went to court with kids that were abused. So I was still giving back to the community and I yep. was still helping children, just not at my kids' school. Well, and there are also ways that you can help the, the school without being at the school. Like you could say to the teacher, do you have things you can send home and I'll do them at home if you'd like to, if you want to, like cutting out laminating. Mm-hmm. I mean, things like that. There are things you can do. You totally. Can work. Yeah. I was uh, like, I'm really good at selling things. That's my job. I, I oversee <laughs> sales and supply for my company. So I'm a really good fundraiser. Like, right. perfect. Like, plug me in. Like, I exactly. started just kind of owning that. And I mm-hmm. think that's like, I love, Sherry, that you pointed out that your giving back didn't lessen. You just found the lane where you could give back more. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Find your strengths. Play on your strengths. And if, you know... To me, as well as, you know, being bold and living your bold life, that means you are feeding your soul. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not feeding your soul, you can't feed others. You can't be a good mom if you're not taking care of yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. So how are you teaching your kids to live their big, bold, best lives that... You that know, was a lot of bees. I love it, but there is a lot of bees, is there? Um, uh, um, so I think that 
it's really interesting because like you pointed out, all of my kids are so different. You know, my oldest and I are very different. My oldest is my worrier, my caregiver, you know, and in a lot of ways, I wonder if that's because I'm not a worrier and I'm more, I let a lot slide. Like, I'm like, oh, it's, we're fine. We're good. And Emmy Lou is my like, oh, mom, are you sure? You know, she's more cautious. And what I really try to do, because all my kids are unique in their own. I mean, I could talk about all of them today. It's true. And they are. They're all yeah. so different. Is that I really want them to know that I embrace who they are. And I think the more they see that from their mom through other people in their life, I want them surrounded by people that love and build them up, the better. At the same yes. time, I think as a mom, the struggle I have and where I'm sure I'm far from it, perfect at it and, and I'll continually have to learn this is there's also a line of you want the best for your children and you want to teach them how to that strengths versus that weakness, right? Like, so if, let's use an example. My daughter, Emmy Lou, she's an artist. She is naturally like very messy, like just like she's an artist, she's painting. And I want to encourage that in her. I want that to, she loves it. She loves it. However, She's also my daughter that is like painting in her, on her dresser and all of her stuff and there's paint <laughs> everywhere. And I'm like, Emmy, this is a $400 furniture paint, you know? And so I think the fine line with that is trying to figure out how you build them up, how you support them. At the same time, like we all mentioned, our strengths can be our weaknesses. There are things about Emmy Lou that she has to kind of like keep yep. in check. And as a mom, sometimes I'm like, okay, am I nagging her too much? Am I supporting her enough? And I just try to be really honest with her. If I feel like one day I was just on her too hard, I'm just like, Emmy, I'm sorry if I was just nagging you too much. I'm sorry if, you know, I really love this about you. It's just, I want, I want you to realize that you can't probably, when you move out of this house someday, you probably can't paint the furniture. You Wherever know, you want, can't. yeah. <laughs> Although I was just sense. at my son Will's house yesterday, and he has painted his coffee table. <laughs> you know, and I guess I should say he's, he's that same kid. He's 21, and he's the same kid. He's artsy. He's my, yes. my second child. He dropped out of art school. I mean, he went to Savannah College of Art and Design, dropped out, and now he's, like, living his creative life. And, you know, then there's my other son who went to Georgia Tech and graduated with a 4 yeah, and just probably, and isn't he an engineer or something? Is he like in that world? Well, he he does computer programming. Yeah. yeah, he lives in San Francisco. He got a job offer from Apple and turned it down because his dream was to work for Airbnb. But they could not be more different. I mean, who gets a 4.0 at Georgia Tech? Very few people. But he had one. And, and then there's Will. And Will, I could try to be forcing him to go to college and forcing him into that box of expectation, and he would be miserable. And so he's got to find his way. And maybe his idea of success is maybe he'll never have much money. Maybe he'll never have a lot of things. Maybe, but that's got, he's got to want to do his way. He's living his life boldly. Right. Success to one person. By se- yeah, when he called me, yeah. Is not success to the other. When he called me, he was in his second year of, of SCAD, and it was the first quarter. They were on the quarter system. And he said, I want to come home. This is not what I want to do. And I was like, well, can you wait? Can you stay till the end of the, of the quarter? And he said, I don't think I can. And I said, pack up and come home. And, you know, that might have been a controversial thing to say, but 
you know, we he he knew it, it was not the right thing for him. And so he's been trying to find what he wants to do. He's still trying to figure it out, but he's making music. He's got a band. He's painting. And he would not be happy, you know, sitting in English 101 or whatever. Right, right. And I think that's also, though, what you're showing him is that it's it's boldly okay to not always know if you're making the right decision sometimes. Right. Like, I think that's being bold is like, I'm showing up. I'm going to do this. And I don't know if this is as a mom. I think that's what you have to do a lot. Right. I mean, I'm sure in that yes. moment, you're like, yes, am I giving him the right advice? <laughs> am I not giving yeah. right, am I doing the right, right thing? Am I not doing it? Sometimes it's being bold enough to say, I don't know, but right. I'm doing my best. I also think we put too much pressure on our kids to know what they want to do at the age of 18. Right. 19. Totally. I mean, he was he was 18 at this point. He um he was about to turn 19 or maybe he had just turned 19. I can't remember what point of the year it was. His birthday's in September. But he was either 18 or or not just barely 19 and we expect him to have it all figured out. And and they don't. And so I think as a society, we need to give our kids space to figure out who they are. Parker is also 21. We are both of our second kids are right around the same age. Will was born in 99? Yes. Yeah, so was Parker. So he, you know, he got a great job at SpaceX last summer and he was welding for SpaceX and, you know, he was there and he was loving it. But then he did not like Texas. He did not like where he was down there and he was homesick. And he, he called me like in September or October and he's like, I think I'm going back to Denver. And I'm like, Parker, I'm like, just give it a year. Get so you have a year on your resume. Just hang in there for a year and then you could go work anywhere. And he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it, mom. And I'm like, okay. And so he went back to Denver and you know what? He landed a better job and he's building medical helicopters now and he loves it. And he went from thinking he was going to go to school to be a lineman to, you know, work on electric poles to now he thinks he wants to go to A&P school and work on helicopters and airplanes. So he's... He's here, there, and everywhere. But, he's figuring it out. But he's, you know, every time he gets a job, he's learning a little bit more about himself and, and, and what he wants. And he'll get there eventually. And nagging him won't help. Yeah, we have our whole lives. You could be like, I'm so disappointed that you quit SpaceX and you could nag, nag, nag. But that isn't going to help your relationship. Right. It isn't going to help him. It's not going to help anybody. I've, I've learned that. The nagging and trying to get them to be different. They've got to make their mistakes. I mean, of course, you know, you teach your children bet, like with your daughter painting on yeah. the furniture. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and just don't paint up other people's furniture. Like, don't move exactly. into the college right. dorm. Like, go right. paint your stuff, but not the, yeah. don't move into but the college But you, you dorm. do have to teach them to live in the world. So I'm not suggesting that you don't. But it, it's trying to figure out how, how can you guide them to be the best them that they can be mm-hmm. and live their life boldly and authentically but not, you know, nagging them. And so we tend to do that. The favorite uh, well. we thing you well. put on Instagram, Bet that I loved was your daughter dancing on the table the other day. <laughs> and she, did you see it, Jen? I did not. Okay, I'll listeners, you, you got to go find, you got to go find Bet on Instagram. What's your Instagram So I name? have two and I'm like, sometimes I'm like, why do I have two? But I have at Bet Lucas. So just B-E-T-T Lucas. And I have at Big Bold Life Podcast, but I do most of my stuff just at, at Bet Lucas. Yeah. So her okay. daughter, how old is she? she my daughter is three. Three. I guess she was about three. She is up on this table. It's like in a playroom or something. Yes. And she is just jamming out dancing. Not a care in the world. 
not a care in the world. Love and it. I I just kept watching it over and over again. And I just loved that you weren't like, get off that table. You just it's let her so have her. Moment. It's so her. Yeah. It's been her. Like, she's so proud of herself. She's three. And she packed her own bag for the beach. Uh, we went to the beach this weekend. And it's just, it was great. She packed her frilly socks and her skirts and her, she even put, had a clip-on earrings. What three-year-old has clip-on earrings? Oh my goodness. But yeah, being a mom, you know, it's, it's, it's so interesting. But you know, my husband was kind of a, a late bloomer and, you know, he didn't follow the traditional path. And if I probably would have met him earlier in life, I probably would have called him, I called those guys the Peter Pans. You know, <laughs> never going to grow up. And I avoided those guys, or I tried to, like the plague. I thought I would have the, you know, guy that had his life all together at 22, you know. And But it's interesting. He was um, a river raft guide for years. He worked a, a fly-in only ranch. He was a medic on ski in the, on the ski patrol, like all these uh-huh. things. And yet we met when he entered the industry that I'm in. And, and we met at the same time. We had both entered it similarly. But I look back and I'm like, all those things that I thought were like a, ne- would have been a negative at the time. I really believe like that made him who he is today. And, you know, he would have, I, I like look at how good he is with six kids and juggling a career. And he just makes it look really easy. Like he does. And I never thought that I would meet someone who could keep up with me. So sometimes those circuitous routes, you know, bring that, I guarantee his mom was probably worried for years. I guarantee his mom probably. was like, oh my she gosh, probably was. <laughs> Spencer's river rafting and he's yeah. doing this. But, you know, he was supporting himself and he was doing things he loved. And he told me that the doctors he would take out on these raft trips and years and years ago would look at him and say, don't you ever leave this. Don't you ever, you know, this is the best life. And so he tells me some days that he doesn't need to retire because he kind of had early retirement. And um, he's so great. But my husband also has to be bold because he's he'll be 50 this year. So, and my husband has a six-month-old. I mean, it won't be six wow. months then. But that's kind of bold, too. Good it for really him. It really is. Well, Bet, we are, are coming to the end of our time together. So what would you like to leave people with? First of all, tell them how they can find you. They know how they can find you on Instagram already. but And then tell them just a little parting wisdom. So I would love to connect with anyone. My name on every platform is just Bet Lucas. And then I host the podcast called Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast, where lovely Jen has been a guest. And Sherry, will have to get you on someday soon. My parting advice is this. I want, if you are feeling that unsettling in your stomach, that something's just not right, whether it's in a relationship, at your job, with a dream you have, I want you to go watch Runaway Bride. I want you to go watch (laughs) Runaway Bride. And I want you to watch the egg scene. And effectively, Julia Roberts was told by Richard Gere that the reason she's unhappy, the reason she's jumping from relationship to relationship is that she doesn't even know what kind of eggs she likes. And in my opinion, we all need to go back and figure out what kind of eggs we like. What kind of eggs do we like with our friends? 
what friends build us up and not break us down? What kind of fr- what kind of job builds us up and doesn't break us down? What uh, and, it, and it's not that you need to leave your marriage if it's making you feel like that. But what steps can you take to get it to the place of liking your eggs? And I think there's a lot of us out there that don't know the eggs we like. And the more we can come into that, I think that's living boldly because we oh, each like that. our eggs a certain way, right? And it's okay to like them differently. And it's okay to get what you want. It is. It is. You know, when Harry met Sally, there's that line, like, you're the, you know, you're the worst kind because you think you're low maintenance, but you're really high maintenance. And I'm always like, (laughs) honey, at least I know I'm a little high maintenance. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Well, Beth, thank you so much for being here with us today. We have really enjoyed it. We have. Thank you. Thank you both. Before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. On episode seven, you may remember we spoke to Joel from LifePro Fitness. With whole body vibration, you stand on a machine with a vibrating platform, and as the machine vibrates, it transmits energy to your body, forcing your muscles to contract and relax dozens of times each second. Emerging research shows that whole body vibration, when performed correctly, can reduce back pain, aid in flexibility and reduce joint pain, improve strength and balance, which is especially important in older adults, reduce bone loss, it can improve mood and sleep, and it can improve the gut microbiome, which affects many body systems and also helps improve other health conditions. So one other thing about it. It's just such an easy way to work out. It's efficient. You just stand there. (laughs) There's all sorts of fancy things you can do on it. I'm not fancy. I just stand there. People are like, what exercises do you do? I'm like, I stand. And sometimes I lift my arms up and I put them over my head. And then I lean a little bit to the right. And that's it. (laughs) Somehow I woke up this morning with a bad back. And like, I could hardly get out of bed. And then I'm like hobbling through the house. And so the first thing I did was make a cup of coffee and go stand on my Rumblex. Your vibration plate. Did yeah, it help? I, I was trying to think of what it was called. My Rumblex 4D. Yes. yes, it did help. I feel much looser. That's good. So we have partnered with LifePro to bring you a special deal on the LifePro vibration plates or really anything they have to offer on their website. If you're interested in learning more about what they have, learning more about vibration therapy, go to lifelessonscommunity.com slash lifepro. And when you buy, make sure to use our special discount code. Use the code lifelessons, one word, and you'll save 10% off your entire order. So next, we have a segment we like to call our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today's tip comes from Scott, and it's a money-saving tip in regards to vehicle maintenance. We could all use some money savings, am I right? Have you ever gone for an oil change only to be told that your air filter is dirty and needs to be changed? This is a common tactic that many places use to drive up the cost of your service. Beware of any service department that does this routinely. New wiper blades are also another common item that they'll encourage you to replace unnecessarily. What many people do not know is that you can purchase these items much cheaper from an auto parts store, and often the employees of the store will replace them for you or show you how, saving you money in the long run. Be familiar with your car's suggested maintenance schedule, as many car manufacturers only recommend changing your air filter every few years, or maybe every 30 to 45,000 miles. 
Some cars recommend more frequent changing, such as once per year, but it pays to know. If they tell you that you need a new air filter, insist that they show it to you. If the air filter is bad, it will start to develop black areas on it. Dust and dirt are not a reason for replacement. Most of the time, they're a very easy swap and only around $15 at the auto parts store as opposed to $30 to $40 in the shop. That's a great tip. It really is. And that's actually one I learned a long time ago. Did you? And it is so easy to replace your own. You literally just pop up a little cover, take the old one out, put the new one in, put the little cover back on. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm one of those people that goes to the dealership. Well, (laughs) I had a car several years ago, and every time I went to the dealership, they would try to tell me that I needed a tire replaced, Uh, or I needed this, or I needed that. And like, I took a tire to a tire shop, and I was like, they told me this tire has to be replaced, and they're like, no, no, we can plug that hole. Well, my my car came with a maintenance plan, like included. I didn't have to pay extra for it. This one did. And it is like fabulous. They actually came to my house and picked it up. Oh, now that's nice. That was so nice. I, I, they were like, we'll just be there. We'll come pick it up. I'm like, what? Okay. Now that they is came, customer they picked service. It up. I know. I know. <laughs> so it was great. <laughs> At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's quote comes from Teresa in San Angelo, Texas. The quote is, self-care is never a selfish act. It is simply good stewardship. It's the only gift we have, the gift we were put on earth to offer others. Anytime we can listen to true self and give it the care it requires, we do so not only for ourselves, but for the many others whose lives we touch. By Parker J. Palmer. She says, when I coached a walking group for women, I always included this quote on the handout of quotes I gave them each week. That fits right in nicely to living boldly, doesn't it? It sure does. Yeah. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure to join our Facebook community. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts. It shows up every week right there in your player. We would also love for you to leave a review so that we can reach others. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise you would like to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.